Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show. My name is Tim Seckler. I'm your host of the show, and I am a certified elder law attorney. I have a law firm creatively named the Seckler Law Firm. Uh, we are uh, in the North Hills of Pittsburgh. We actually are moving our office next week. Here's breaking news on the radio this morning. We're moving our office at the end of July to uh, to a new office in Cranberry Township. That's going to be our main offices. Of course, we still have several satellites. Uh, we have been in uh, Mars for the last four uh, years, and Mars has treated us well. I love the Mars community. I happen to live in the Mars community. Uh, and, but our uh, the good news is our law firm has grown. We need a bigger space, and we found uh, some good space in Cranberry Township. And so uh, our office is going to be super easy to find. We're right off the interstate. If you're heading up north on 79 or coming across through the turnpike, that's one of the nice things about Cranberry Township is you're never very far from getting on one of the interstates. But uh, easy to find, easy to get to, no matter where you live in the uh, in the area around Pittsburgh. Uh, and so what we do at the law firm, though, is we do a couple of different cases. We talk about wills and trusts for people. We do estate planning. Uh, we do elder law issues. So uh, people end up in uh, long-term care settings, and they're trying to figure out, can I get care in the home? Can I get care in the community? And, and how am I going to pay for this? What are the payment sources? Can I get the government to help? And so we, we help people unravel that sort of complicated maze of rules. And the other thing we do is, uh, unfortunately, when you do a lot of this work, you end up doing a lot of post-death administration. So we help families uh, through some of the t- uh, toughest period in their worlds when they've lost a loved one and they're trying to sort through yet another complicated set of legal rules. And uh, we, we have the goal of making that as easy on you as possible. So that's a, that's a bit about the law firm. Now, I have to do this um, every week. I have to give you a caution because we're going to talk about some technical things today. And I don't want you making decisions with regard to your family based on what you hear on this or any other radio show for that matter. Uh, I'm providing you some education regarding the laws, but your specific legal situation needs a specific legal solution and you need to hire a lawyer. I'm happy to talk to you if, if something I talk about today uh, triggers uh, a concern on yours or, or con- uh, triggers the, the thought that you might have an opportunity to correct the problem. Uh, but don't go make moves based on the things that you hear today. I, I can promise you, having in mind what I'm going to be talking about today, you will probably make matters worse. All right. But what we are going to be talking about today is um, is what we call our crisis cases. So when uh, a family member of yours or you, depending on your health issue, ends up in a nursing home and we're going through the money. So Pennsylvania tells us that the average cost of a nursing home bed in Pennsylvania is about eleven grand a month, all right? So one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year for you or your dad or your mom to be in a nursing home, and if you couple that statistic with the statistic that the Alzheimer's Association tells us that one in three seniors is going to end up with dementia. Look, you either are a senior or you're like me and you hope to be a senior one day. And if one in three of us are going to have dementia, and you you think about dementia and the quality of care, custodial care that it requires. And toward the end, it may need skilled nursing care. When you couple all of those facts with the cost of $11,000 a month, it seems to me that this is an issue that we ought to be talking about, we ought to be thinking about. But people don't. You know, people don't like talking about this one. And I don't know why. People love complaining about taxes. People love complaining about various different things. But 
it seems like when a family member needs care, the, the family becomes very guarded with that information. And there's a piece of it that, that may be a little bit of embarrassment that we can't take care of dad ourselves, or, or it could be that they're just scared and, and don't want to disclose certain things. And, and so what I would urge you to do is in the event that you have a family member that needs care, is about to need care, don't claim up. Come talk to us. Come talk to somebody that knows something about this stuff because there are opportunities here to get your loved one the care that they need without going broke in the process. Um, and but you got to be careful and you got to be smart and you if you got to understand the rules. But when when you understand the rules and you understand how to make the rules work for your family, then there are opportunities to be able to get the care you need without losing mom's house. And and so I'm going to talk to you about a couple of those things, uh, these things here today, uh, and and what some of those techniques would be like. But first, I think we got to set the stage a little bit for for the context of this type of case. All right. When uh, an older person needs care, they could get it in their home, maybe with help coming to the home. They could get it in a residential setting. And if we're talking about a residential setting, like commonly known as the old folks home, uh, there's a couple of different legal distinctions with these care facilities. Uh, The first level of care that you may see is like independent living. Now, independent living is not really in the care providing business. They're in sort of the the custodial. There's somebody there in quality of life business. Um, Where the care really starts being applied is is at a level of care that a lot of people call assisted living. Now, in Pennsylvania, a lot of these places are actually licensed as personal care homes. But either way, now this is a place where dad or mom might need some help with uh, custodial things like medication reminders or standby assistance with getting in and out of bed or a chair, standby assistance with showering, toileting, going uh, through mealtime. Uh, and so and, and it, it could be a dementia patient that uh, some of the personal care assisted living facilities have locked dementia units. Now, if you end up receiving your care in a personal care home, by and large, this is all private pay. Okay, now there are some folks where veterans benefits may apply to help pay for this care a little bit, but in a personal care home or an assisted living facility, you're paying for this privately, anywhere between, say, five and eight grand a month, depending on how much care you need and how many chandeliers they have hanging in the dining facility. Uh, but the so, but it's expensive. I mean, five grand a month, $60,000 a year, maybe on the lower end of this. Boy, there's not a lot of families that that can tolerate that for very long or that can stand that for very long. The next stage after assisted living is a skilled nursing facility. And when we're talking about a licensed skilled nursing facility, this is what we call the nursing home. This is really where this is more of a medical environment. There are nurses around 24-7. They can do higher level of care. They can do IVs. They can do different things that may not be provided in uh, the assisted living or personal care home. If we end up in a skilled nursing facility, this is where $11,000 a month comes into play, but this is also where Medicaid benefits to pay for care comes in. Uh, And so when when your family sometimes come to me and they say, well, the personal care home says that they could serve dad's needs, but we went to a skilled nursing facility and the skilled nursing facility says that they can serve dad's needs. Which one do we do? Uh, And so first, you know, the answer is, well, there is some overlap. But second, we need to make this decision based on the care. Which place is going to be better for dad? But all else being equal, we also need to think about the money. You can't, unfortunately, you can't make a, a care decision 
only in a, the bubble of just the care needs because it's also we have to think about the money, particularly in a case where if dad's going into a care facility and mom is only 75 years old and may live another 20 years, we have to make sure that she doesn't go broke in the process. And, and this is sort of the fundamental problem that we have with the way that we treat seniors in this country. Okay. We are, uh, we, our government are picking winners and losers based on the health care event a senior will ultimately have, which is almost entirely out of their control. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, Let's say that, that a gentleman is 75 years old and walks into my office and, and immediately falls over uh, from a heart attack once he finds out that uh, the nursing home costs $11,000 a month, right? So he has a heart attack. What do we do? My, my whole team, we get 911. We're doing CPR. We get the whole thing. He gets on the ambulance. They get him down to the hospital where they do open-heart surgery, and they bring this guy back, and he rehabs, and he comes home, and he goes on to live another 20 years, Right. That situation, because he's 75, he's likely on Medicare benefits. <clears throat> Medicare benefits are, are the benefits that we all rely on, and we're all told you're going to have health care when you're a senior, right? So he's on Medicare. Medicare pays for that. That's acute care, surgery, hospitalization. Medicare pays for that. Now, depending on your Advantage plan or depending on your, your Medigap plans, it's going to depend on how much your coinsurance and co-pays are and all the rest. But Medicare is doing the heavy lifting for the treatment of a heart attack. If alternatively, Mr. Jones walks into my office, finds out that the nursing home is one hundred and thirty grand a year and falls over from a stroke, well, now that's a different situation, right? So we get the ambulance, we get them to the hospital, they do their magic again, they stabilize the fella, but it's been a bad stroke and he's going to need the nursing home the rest of his life. So three days later, the hospital is going to discharge him to a skilled nursing facility where he's going to live for three or four years. Well, that's also three four $400,000 in care. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Medicare is not going to pay for that. Medicare pays for 20 days of rehabilitation Medicare in full. Medicare may pay up to 100 days with heavy copays, after which he is on his own at around $350 a day for either as long as he lives or until he runs out of money. Once he runs out of money, then Medicaid, not Medicare, Medicaid can start paying for the nursing home. All right. So Mr. Jones, he and his wife, how they're going to do financially, how his wife is going to live in the community, whether they have the opportunity to pass their hard-earned assets on to their kids, is almost entirely dependent upon the health care issue Mr. Jones will ultimately end up having, which is almost entirely out of his control. It seems to me, based on what I read, and of course I don't, I'm not a doctor, but what I understand is that the things, some of the things that cause heart attacks also cause strokes. High blood pressure, cholesterol, all triggers for things that cause heart attacks are also things that cause strokes. So if you're going to have one of these issues... The accident of which one, it is, uh, which one it is could depend on whether your wife is financially secure or your husband is financially secure or your kids get an inheritance. And I just think that's fundamentally broken. I mean, why are we punishing people with dementia? Why are we paying as a country? Why are we paying for cancer treatment in a hospital but not paying for dementia treatment in a skilled nursing facility? It just it baffles me. But I think the answer is that, well, nobody really thought this thing through. 
Nobody really sat around one day and said, let's come up with the best rules we can for seniors. Nobody really. And, and now that we have this situation, nobody wants to pay for it. Right. See, the, the fix to the problem could be Medicare could just pay for the nursing home. Right. But that's not going to happen, folks. Nobody wants to pay that kind of taxes. We, we've got the baby boomer wave headed towards their senior years, and nobody wants to pay the income taxes or the death taxes or the whatever taxes that would have to be raised to pay for the entire baby boomer generation to go through long-term care. So we have ourselves a real, real problem as a country here. Right? Now, I'm not a politician. I don't want to be a politician. I don't want to say that there's a way to fix this. What I want you to know, if you're listening to the show, is that you need to understand these rules because these rules are going to impact your family. Maybe not you, maybe not your spouse, maybe you or your spouse, maybe it's your siblings, maybe it's your uncle. It, but somewhere, somebody you know is going to be impacted by these rules. And I just think it's a crying shame that a, a, a person, a family can spend their whole life working hard, saving money, saving it when others spend it, doing the right things, being good boys and girls, putting the money in the 401k plan, doing all the things that they told us were the right things to do all of our lives, only to have it all for nothing if I have Alzheimer's disease. It just it, it just doesn't sit well with me. And if it doesn't sit well with you, then the question is, what are you doing about it? See, there's a couple of things that you can do about it. We have two types of cases that we see in our office. One is what we call pre-planning and planning ahead for long-term care, usually involving trusts and whatnot and asset protection and, and understanding how the rules work and how we can protect some money so that your family is okay if, if you get sick. Okay, that's one type of case. The other type of case that we do in our – and if you want to know more about that, you ought to come to one of our live workshops. We're, we're having them up in the Cranberry area. Uh, we have webinars. If you're not real close, you can watch it live on the Internet, and I do them personally. So you come to one of our workshops. Uh, I'm going to teach all about wills and trusts and powers of attorney. We're going to teach you more uh, detailed Medicaid rules, Medicare rules, so that you are armed with the information you need to make an informed decision on how best to protect your family. Come to one of our workshops. Go to secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com. Go to the workshops tab. And under the workshops tab, you'll find our lives one, live ones, and you will also find pre-recorded videos where I teach the information that I think you need to know to make an estate plan. All right, so that's the option for that. The other type of case that we have are people that didn't do that. When we meet a family where, okay, Tim, we didn't plan ahead. Dad is now in the nursing home. We are getting the bill for $12,000 a month. What can we do now? Because mom can't afford this. We're concerned mom is going to lose her money. We're concerned mom is going to lose her home. And um, we don't know how long dad could live. Dad has dementia. He doesn't have heart issues or anything that's going to cause an immediate death. He, he could be in there for years. Right? Well, when we meet that kind of family, you just became what we call a Medicaid crisis case. And what we do in Medicaid crisis cases is we analyze the situation. Now, sort of the gatekeeper for what we can do here depends on whether the family has a power of attorney, especially if the person doesn't have capacity, like a stroke patient that had a bad stroke or, or dementia. If we've got a capacity issue, we have to be dealing with a power of attorney in most situations. Uh, and so the power of attorney document could authorize the type of maneuvers that we need to do to be able to protect assets. And, and you know, it, it's kind of tough in this format on the radio to explain in, in great, great detail how all of this works. But generally speaking, and, and this isn't a promise and this isn't a guarantee, and you're not allowed to do that as a lawyer anyhow, but generally speaking, it is possible 
when a single person goes into the nursing home to protect about half of the money that they have. Now, that's not what the state's going to tell you. If you go on the state's rule book, you're only allowed to have $8,000. You need to spend it all down. This thing called Medicaid spend down. I go into the nursing home and I, uh, I have too much money, so I need to spend it down until I have uh, until my assets fit within their threshold, which, by the way, for most people means I can only have $8,000 plus my house and plus my car, right? Well, wait a second. You, you mean you're going to take all my money except for my house and my car, and then what they do is they're going to take all the income as well. So I don't have any money. I don't have any income. At $45 a month, they allow me for all my personal needs. Gee, thanks. So you took all my money, you took all my income, but I still have this house. But see, the problem with the house is we don't have any money for a house. We don't have any money for property taxes or utilities or any of the things that keep a house afloat. So then if the kids, the kids will usually approach an attorney and say, hey, look, dad's in a nursing home. Finally, you know, we went through all of his money, but finally now Medicaid is paying. We're not going through a $13,000 a month bill anymore. Okay, but... And, and they'll say, but we need to sell his house because we don't have any money for, for things like the property tax. I'll say, well, you can't. I look, you could sell his house. But if you sell his house, now dad just has the home sale proceeds. If you sell the house for $200,000, dad just now has $200,000. He's not allowed to have $200,000. So he's going to get booted off of Medicaid until you spend all the money. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. No, we don't want to do that. That means we lose the house. I'll say, yeah, that, that means you lose the house. And then... So they'll say, well, you know what? I'll pay dad's property taxes. I'll pay his utilities because I've read his will. And what his will says is that when I pass, when he passes away, I'll inherit the house. Except, folks, Medicaid has this thing called the estate recovery program. <clears throat> estate recovery stands for the idea that if you have anything in your estate, which by law can really only be a house and a car, if you have anything in your estate, once you pass away, Medicaid has a claim against those assets. They can force your executor to sell the house to pay back the state of Pennsylvania for all the money they spent on your care. So the takeaway is for a single person, you will go to zero if you're in a nursing home long enough. If you're only in there for a couple of months, it could be $30,000, $50,000. If you're in there for a couple of years, the money's gone. Uh, and, and that's an unfortunate truth about the way our world works around here. If you don't like it, well, you plan ahead, or when it happens, you call a lawyer. So if you know somebody that is in a nursing home right now, you should give us a call. We do free consults for these types of cases, and it's not uncommon for us to protect some real money if the power of attorney authorizes us to do it, if it's in the family's best interest, if it's in my client, dad's best interest, and, and you know the power of attorney authorizes this kind of work, most people would prefer their kids to get the money than to lose it all, uh, and that's why they write things like powers of attorney with the right provisions. So if you know somebody in that situation, you may not personally be in that situation, but the people that you know may not be listening to this radio show right now. You should have them check us out. Now, there's a couple of ways to do this. One, you just give us a call, 724-841-1393. We'll get you a free consultation if you have a loved one in a nursing home and you're wanting to know what to do about it. The other thing that you could do is you can go to my website, secklerlawfirm.com, and there's a couple of free resources I want to tell you about. The first is right on my homepage, you're going to see an option to download our free Medicaid guide. All right, so I put together some information I think you'll find valuable on some of the things I was just talking about, the eligibility rules and some opportunities. It is our free Medicaid guide. You can get it at secularlawfirm.com. It's right on the homepage. The other thing that you can do if you're looking for a little bit more detailed information is months ago during the lockdown, I recorded a... Um, 
a Medicaid webinar, and it's also available on my website. So to access that, you need to go to the Workshops tab at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. And if you go to the Workshops tab and you scroll down, you're going to find a couple of workshops, uh, some of them pre-recorded, some of them live. But we have a pre-recorded Medicaid video workshop that you can watch where I explain some of the techniques that we might be able to use to help you protect your family. Now, again, look, this is not self-help territory. Save this self-help stuff for fixing up your bathroom. The elder law nursing home stuff is extremely complicated, and the repercussions are permanent, and you got to be really, really careful. Uh, and so, But we help dozens of families every year in this situation, and... I've been doing it for years uh, and and have some experience to at least get you pointed in the right direction. So uh, if you think you may be a good prospect, if you think you may be somebody that my law firm can help, if the things that I'm saying are registering with you, give us a call. It's a free consultation. And what we do during that consultation is we review the documents, we review your assets, we review the situation with you, do some goal setting. And if, if the goals align to where we think we can help, we'll let you know. Sometimes what we do, it, it, the, the solution to us kind of jumps off the page, and it's if we just do this, we can save this family 60% of the money. Sometimes it's a little bit more detail. There might be a couple of different options for you to consider, and we'll do an opinion letter. But, but the point is it's not a big obligation, and, and you're going to understand how the whole thing works. Now, I want to talk briefly about married cases because in a married case, the, the example that I did a few minutes ago was, was a single guy. In a married case... The repercussions can be even worse. Now, in the single case, dad lost all the money. So how could it be worse than losing all the money? The answer is, well, look, in a single case, we lose all the money. The kids don't get an inheritance, and I think that that's tragic. But in a married case, not only did the kids not get an inheritance, but we still have a healthy spouse. And that healthy spouse contributed to the retirement. And that healthy spouse contributed to saving the money and is trying to enjoy the retirement that this family thought about for 50 or 60 years. And now her money, I always, I always say dad's sick. It's just easier that way. Um, but her money is now subject to dad's care costs. And she may not have enough money to have that successful retirement that they have been living on. Not only is she going through the trauma of having her husband go to a nursing home, and all of the emotional turmoil that that deals with, and all of the emotional turmoil, especially if it's a dementia case where, you know, dementia is such a terrible thing. It takes your memory. It takes your cognition. It takes, it takes your relationships. It takes your money. It, it, just, it just takes and takes, and finally it takes your lives, and, and it's an extremely difficult thing to deal with, and one in three of us are going to have it. But getting back to mom, our primary job in a case of a married case is to make sure, one, dad gets the care that he needs. But we have to be pragmatic enough to understand that mom has needs too. Mom still needs a roof to sleep under. Mom still needs food in the pantry. And mom still needs to have a decent retirement. And the state's rule book allows for almost none of that. Okay, The, the state's rule book is extremely harsh as it relates to married cases and the healthy spouse. And, and unfortunately in this state, a lot of people end up losing a lot of money. A lot of people end up losing their homes because their husbands or their spouse, their wife has the audacity to have a stroke instead of a heart attack, which is entirely out of his or her control. 
And so I implore you folks, if anything I'm saying is terrifying, it probably should be. If anything I'm saying is registering with you as, yeah, I, I need to do something, then do something, right? The first step is to become educated. And if you go to secularlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com, I have put hours of information on the website. I think there's 80 articles at this point or close to. I've got pre-recorded workshops. You can come to a live workshop. My goal in doing this is I frankly don't care. I mean, I care because I, I love my clients, but I don't care what they decide to do. I care that they make well-informed decisions. All too often, I hear people like, well, I went to my old lawyer, and my old lawyer said that oh, you don't have to do anything about that. Let's just do a will without explaining any of the stuff. Well, who's this lawyer to decide what they need to do? The point is you give the people the information and then let them make their own decisions with regard to their legacy, their money, their family, their spouse. It's not my job to make the decision for you. It's my job to get you the information you need to make the decisions. Then we figure out if you want to take action. And that's what we're trying to do with this radio show. That's what we're trying to do with the information on the website. And look, I, I hope you find the information helpful. If, if it was, great, but don't take any action on your own. This is complicated stuff. This is meant to be general information. If you have a legal problem, you need to hire a lawyer, and we're happy to help you with this stuff. You can find out more at secularlawfirm.com, but please, please, please don't try to, to take any of the information we put out there and do it yourself. You will screw it up. Um, so all that being said, the two uh, couple of resources, come to one of the estate planning workshops to plan ahead. The Medicaid guide in the Medicaid workshop pre-recorded video available at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com. I thank you for listening to this week's show. We'll talk to you next time. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.